Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have the three-time gold medalist, rock star amazing leah with me how are you my friend i am doing so great it's so good to be with you on this podcast you're amazing leah you're like you're literally a champion everywhere and like all arenas of your life i adore you so much and i just love who you are what you preach about and literally like your spiritual side too i know you have a deeply faith-based side so like your story i'm i know is gonna blow me out of the water so i'm wicked pumped to have you here today and i'm gonna start you off with my most favorite questions which is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today oh What inspired me? I think inside of me, I was just born with this competitive nature. I know we're all wired differently. I think that's a beautiful thing. Like I loved being a part of a team because I saw how different my teammates and I were, although again, we were very highly driven playing for the Olympic softball team. But for me, like so much was this internal motivation of like being competitive with myself. And wanting to be the very best. And so in school, like I got really good grades, but I'm going to tell you, it was hard. It it did not come easy. It's not as easy for me to memorize stuff, but like, I just like found that when I was willing to put the work in, like I saw these results. And so I think like, that's what I kind of fell in love with was this process of hard work, not always outcome. Obviously I wanted these great outcomes, right? I wanted to be successful. I wanted to have victory. I, you know, I wanted to, to be the best, but at the same time, more than that, I think that journey of like growth that happens along the way. And just, I don't know, just challenging yourself. Like for me, I feel like it's that like mentality of like, Ooh, like this is a challenge. Okay. You know, what am I going to do to overcome it? So I think that inspiration just really kind of came from within. I love that Leah. I love that you're a three-time gold medalist. I'm sure that you get this question. How did you even get into softball? So my parents signed me up when I was young and you know, my dad loved baseball. I was the first born. I was a total tomboy. Like I was like on my tricycle when I'm three years old, just flying down hills and just loved being outside and playing. And like, I mean, I just couldn't get enough of it. I was just very active. And so I think I was like seven years old and my dad signed me up and both softball and soccer. I was very aggressive in soccer. <laughs> I loved like, I might not have been as big as some other girls, but I was like, I love the physical part, but then softball, you know, again, like kind of that focus and that hand-eye coordination. I kind of took to it. And when I was eight, a year later, people were like, man, your daughter, she's, I was a lefty. And so they're like, you know, she's pretty good. Like you should get her in pitching lessons. And so that really ultimately began my journey. Uh, My dad's love for baseball, me being kind of outgoing and, and a tomboy. And then them just being like, okay, well, let's put her in this sport and let's see what happens. And we had no idea where that sport would take me. That's amazing, Leah. So what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I loved sports. Like for me, like I just, again, just being with friends, being outside. So I, what happened for me is when I kind of started to see like that next level, when I was like 14 years old, I, our team went to a national tournament and in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And here we were from Southern California. We're meeting, you know, 52 teams from all over the United States. We won the national championship. I was the winning pitcher. And I remember at that point, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet in life, but I knew I wanted to get a college 
college scholarship. I knew I wanted, I was going to be the first one to go to a four-year college in my family. And so that kind of became, I didn't know, but it was like one step led to the next step. So at that point, like that kind of became my goal was to go to college. I didn't know what that entailed. I didn't know what would come with that, but it, that was kind of this stepping stone. And then in college started taking some classes didn't know what I really wanted to do. Thought I loved math. I thought, oh, maybe I'd be an accountant. You know, they make good money and I love numbers. Oh yeah, no. I took one accounting class and was bored out of my mind. And I'm like, okay, let's be real. Am I going to be happy sitting behind a desk? So I'm so big <laughs> on like finding, you know, your passion and what, what drives you. And so then like, kind of for me, eventually I thought I was going to go into teaching, that I was going to be a PE teacher. Like I loved teaching sports. I loved working with youth, doing some softball camps when I was at college, like really kind of opened up my love for that. I, I never did that, but a lot of those tools that I learned during college, I've kind of used. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. I mean, it's just so interesting how things correlate from like your early life into your now life. Like it's all connected, right? Like sports. So from day one, that's what you wanted to be. And then that's exactly what you became. Oh my goodness. So who or what, I guess, or maybe it could be multiple people served as a big inspiration for you, like growing up. You know, I would say my mom, first and foremost, I saw just how hard she worked and she did it to provide for myself and my younger brother and sister. And so I think for me, just that inspiration, like I just knew, and I feel like that's how I was able to become my best was because of the support system that I had and parents like driving me to different practices and lessons and sacrificing some things so that I could have these opportunities. So I just remember even at that age thinking, you know, when I'm a mom, like that's what I want. Like when I have kids, like, I just want to, I want to be able to feed into what they love. And I have three boys now and you know, they're all so different. My oldest is 20 and he's kind of creative into film and, you know, right now just working a job, but that was always how he was driven. My, my next one is 16. He's all about football. So we've been just trying to get him to camps and get him to lessons and get him to training just to see what that could lead to. And then my youngest, I'm telling you, he's a little entrepreneur, Pam, you and I met at a mastermind and I I've been pumped up just even hearing your story. So like, I'm trying to take even what, you know, tips you had said and give it to my youngest son and he's 14, <laughs> but I'm like, or he just turned 15, but I'm like, he's, this kid's going places. So uh, my mom, and then I would say my college coach, as I got a little bit older, he just has inspired me at like, almost like a dad to just go on and just continue to, to be a leader and try to do great things. I love that, that your mom literally poured into you and that affected you in the future with your children, which is amazing which is so amazing. And I just love, I love all the inspiration in your life. And I know that you have a huge faith-based side. So like the reason why I love this so much and I love this so much about you is because I always find that the most successful and genuinely happy people in this world are the most deeply spiritual, right? Like yeah. we have this alignment of mind, body, and spirit that is just like, we believe in something much higher and that we're guided towards that. Did that start for you at an early age? Cause like, I can tell you for me, it was like since probably middle school. Cause when I grew up, my parents came from communism. Like they weren't allowed to practice religion at all. So like when they came to the U S you know, they believed in God, but they didn't know, you know, they never did like, they never were able to go to church or like, you know, really practice. And it was really fascinating for me because the first time I really came across it in a formal way 
was really middle school because I went to a Catholic school and then, you know, it evolved from there. So for you, was that something that was just embedded in your family very young or something that you developed kind of along the way? When I was born, my parents were actually, um, they kind of had a life transforming situation happen. I think it was like probably in their late teens, early, you know, early twenties. And I was, I was born not long after that work just through a friend, like had told them, like, it's, it's all about Jesus. Jesus loves you. He died for you. Like you can live for him. And so for them, that was the choice they made of like, okay, I want to follow Jesus. I want to, I want that. And actually, so they started as this young married couple, they were actually um, working at this home here in Southern California for abused and just kids with really a lot of bad situations and mentally, sexually, so many different things going on. And so they were kind of like house parents, but there was an older woman who kind of ran the house, but then they were like these young parents. Well, I was born into that. So in a sense, like when I was little, like, but then my parents, when I was a couple years old, like we ended up, you know, moving and my sister was born and we went to church and as a little girl, I heard that. And I would say like, I always kind of had this general belief. And like, you're saying, like, I, I can remember junior high being like, you know, praying sometimes, like I do believe in you, God, like I didn't know much what that meant. And so when I got into college, it was really a teammate who just was super on fire for God and knew kind of for her, like the Bible and what the Bible taught and she knew it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I've always said, I believe this, but I don't even really know what I believe. Right. I think a lot of us go through that and we're kind of like, you know, on this journey of like, what does that mean to you? And so for me, like I actually, she invited me to Bible study and that night I just was like, you know what, God, I do want to follow you. Like, I do want to know you. Like I've always had this, like you said, like this belief, but it truly, that was the beginning of this just life changing journey. And like you said, Pam, I agree with you. Like for me, like it gives you such a foundation. Like I was out like winning gold medals and traveling the world. And, you know, like you said, like being successful in my own realm, but ultimately like I knew there was a bigger purpose. And this was not just about Leah. It was really to make a difference, to be a light wherever I was going to, you know, just be in the lives of my teammates for a specific reason. And so uh, it's just so much bigger. So I, I love that you tie that part in. I love that, Leah. Oh my goodness. Well, because it's such a beautiful foundation. You're such a radiating light. And I remember meeting you and I'm like, she is just like, like you said, pure light. Like it's just, you feel it around you. When you speak, you feel it. Like it's just so, so beautiful. And like, it's just, it's just amazing. And your journey is absolutely amazing too. So walk me through your career. So you mentioned that you played in college. You played really young. Your parents started you off really young Mm -hmm. in softball. And then I guess it kind of evolved up until college level. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my college scholarship and I thought, okay, like softball is a means to an end. Like my parents didn't have money to send me to college at that time. And so it was awesome, you know, to get my education paid for. And I thought, okay. And like I said, I thought, okay, I'll go be a teacher afterwards. And so just kind of was on that journey, that path. But after my first year of college, we won the national championship. I just, I was 18 years old. I got the only hit in the championship game to, you know, to help our team. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like, this is it. Like, this is the best thing ever as a softball player. And I really, we had played some women's teams when I was in high school. And I remember we were playing some women who were like, maybe like mid twenties, 26. Oh, that's so old. And why are they playing after college? Like, I just thought it was so, but later on I would find it's because they loved it so much. And they literally were like, I still get to do this at a highly competitive level. But I laugh because again, I'm like, Oh, I would have you know, forfeited two Olympic gold medals if I was done after college. So I ended up softball was added for the first time ever my senior year of college to the Olympic family. And so that freshman year, I remember thinking they just named softball is going to be in the Olympics. And I was like, I'm going to be on that team. And so fortunately I, I went into college as a pitcher and a first baseman, my coach moved me to outfield my sophomore year. And that's what opened the door for the Olympic team. And so I went to the 96 Olympics in Atlanta and, and then I came back to my senior year of college, finished up 
up there. And then I kept competing for team USA. I got married in the meantime, went to my second Olympics in Sydney, Australia in 2000. We won gold in both of those. And I was 25. I'd been married a couple of years and I thought, man, I want to be a mom, but I still want to play. Okay. I'm going to try to do both. And so I ended up taking a summer off having my son, Jake. And then when he was three years old, I won my third Olympic gold medal with team USA in the Athens Greece game. So it honestly was a career that I could not have written. I, I would have never dreamt I would be able to do what I did. That is amazing. And I remember you telling me, so I think you were the first gold medalist that went back after having a child. Is that correct? Yes. For USA softball. I was the first USA softball. Mom. I know softball players had done it. And I thought, well, I think I can. And I, and so actually there is, I think women's basketball player, maybe multiple. And then there were a couple of women's soccer players for USA. And so again, you kind of see like, okay, well they did this and I think I can do this. And what's really neat is the next Olympics after I retired, going to Beijing, three of my Olympic teammates had babies and then went on to compete. So that was really neat to see like them being like, I can do this too. <laughs> and so um, it's just, it's just awesome to be, especially for female athletes, you know, to be able to be like, okay, I can be mom and I can still go be one of the best in the world on the field. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, what was that balance like? <laughs> because that sounds very complicated. It was hard. It was hard. It took a little bit, you know, I think the biggest thing I was really fortunate, someone from a uh, woman from my church, she actually homeschooled her four kids and she pretty much just kind of took Jake under, under her wing. Like he was one of her own and he kind of became part of their family. And she was amazing. Cause I could, I'd wake up and I'd go, you know, I'd run, you know, 30 minutes away, go to trainer work out there for a couple hours. Then I'd go to the field for a couple hours. And, and then I would head back and pick him up and we'd spend the rest of the day together. And that was just on a daily basis. When I traveled, that got a little trickier. Sometimes he came other times we just had to find like our village, right? It really does take a village. My mom, my husband, just so many people supporting that journey. And so it was really hard. I will tell you that the Olympic year, when we first renamed the team, of course, I was so happy and thankful because every year you have to try out. And so it's about, you know, whatever, 10 months prior to the Olympic games and they give us our schedule. And I just look at it and I just was like in tears. Cause I'm like, it's, you know, it was busy, but nothing like this for leading up to the Olympics. And so I remember just thinking, how am I going to do this? And just a wise friend of mine said, you know what, you're going to do this you're going to do it one day at a time and you can do anything one day at a time. And I just, it really gave me this peace. And I sat back and I was like, okay, I don't have to have the year figured out right now. I just got to have today figured out. And so that it did, it worked out and it, it was hard. And I left him a lot more than I would have wanted to, but I knew like for this season. And when that season was over, like I was going to be able to be with him the majority of the time. That's amazing, Leah. That's amazing. And I mean, I'm sure you get this question a lot too, which is, you know, what was it like? What, first off, what does training look like? So like logistically, what is the, the life of an Olympic athlete who's competing? Like all I can imagine is like being in a gym all day long. You would probably get the stereotypical <laughs> like thing all the time. Like, what does that look? What does that look like? Like, is it, are your meals like controlled? Like what, <laughs> what does that all look like? <laughs> Yeah. So I think every sport is a little bit different for softball. Yeah. For me, what that looked like, we did a lot of individual training. And so that's where you talk about like that self-motivation. There were many days where I was out at a field and running for time. I'm thinking nobody's going to know if I don't make it, but I'll know. And so it was like pushing yourself to, to the fullest, right? Like to where yeah. you just like want to be sick after you've 
run these sprints, but it's because there's a purpose that you're, you're working toward. So for me, regular week would look like going to a, a trainer. He, we would have our workout that kind of led, and we kind of had that throughout the entire year to where it, it helped us to peak. And so we had that. And so I go to the gym, go to the trainer workout, probably took couple hours of workouts, I would say at the gym training that way. And then I would go to the field and that individually different people are different for me. I was an outfielder and a first baseman. So I would go in, I would do defensive work. I'd have one other person sometimes just hitting me balls and then um, tossing to me. I do tea work. I'd go to a field sometimes by myself, get a bucket of balls, get a tea, just anything to get reps in. And so, I mean, there were times where my husband would go to the batting cage with me and he would be tossing these. He was terrible. He was terrible, but I'm like, terrible is better than nothing. So, so I'll work on this and I'll just make adjustments. And so it was very interesting. It was, I would say usually about four hours a day or so would be uh, committed to training. And then, and then once I got my workout in, I felt like, okay, now I can rest. I can go be mom. I can do the other things. That's amazing. That's amazingly. I don't know if I ever told you, so I, I somehow made it to varsity softball and uh, like junior and senior year. And like, I don't honestly don't know how I did it. Did you play before that? No. (laughs) That is a hard sport to pick up in high school. It's very hard sport. (laughs) I know. Like I always had the most ridiculous hits and like the most ridiculous things. Like the ball would go upside down and then it hit like, like it'd go like behind me and then bounce off and like hit some car that was like driving by. Like I was like not the person to be at bat. I was like, as something always happens and my whole teammates would be like, when Pam's on, just hide <laughs> because you don't know what's about to happen. And like, honestly, I told my coach, I was like, why am I on this team? I was like, I, I deserve to be like, not even JV. I'm like, I cause disasters everywhere I go. And like, they'd put me in outfield because I was so new. Like, I didn't know like so many things. I just figured you'll laugh at this because like, yeah, (laughs) they put me in outfield. And the thing is like, I can't see very well, like from afar. So like the balls would be coming then and I'd be like staring and like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even see it. And they'd be land like right behind me to my side. And my team was like, yeah. I'm telling you, it's hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is not an easy sport. I mean, I'm telling you, even people who, who start off in junior high that don't have those reps when they're little and kind of that rhythm. And like you said, like in the outfield, even now, like I, and I was a good outfielder, like even now, like if it it takes me a little bit, like depending, like reading and judging over time, like I would get it back. But then when I did it, I was really good at it. But if there's somebody who's never done it before, and there's some people who just struggle with depth perception anyways because you it's like okay the ball's up but where is it landing (laughs) yeah and then to make sure you get your glove there oh yeah no there's plenty of stories that that I'm impressed I'm impressed (laughs) (laughs) so what are some of your favorite stories on the field I'd love to hear them. Oh gosh. Well, I have a story. I was in college and I was a freshman pitcher and we were playing against Arizona state. I went to university of Arizona and um, they used to just beat us up so bad. And so my coach always wanted to like, make sure we won by a lot. So we're winning pretty good. And I'm a freshman pitcher. And all of a sudden I start like struggling. I can't find a strike zone. I give up a couple hits. I walk another hitter and my coach is just not happy. He walks out to the mound and he sticks his hand out and puts his hand out right in front of him. And I, this little freshman, he doesn't say anything. And so I just give him a high five. Like instead of giving him the ball, I just give him a high five. I smack his hand and he does not even say anything. He just holds his hand still does not move, does not budge, does not change his face. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, he wants the ball. 
you're getting pulled. <laughs> and so like, I run off and I am just like, oh my gosh, like I am so embarrassed. And then my catcher later on had to say it in front of the whole team. Did anybody see when Leah got pulled from the game? And, you know, of course I'm horrified to get, you know, embarrassed anyways. And it was, it was very funny later, but I don't know. I mean, we had funny stories of, you know, people like hitting the ball to the fence and then I didn't do it, but like running around first and just face planting or, you know, I mean, just, just so many things that happen. There's the, you know, it's, it's funny. There's, there's so many stories when you're on a softball field. It's hilarious. Yeah. No, from my experience, it was just funny. And I would just, every game that I was in, everyone's like, Oh God, Pam's in like, what's going to happen? <laughs> oh my gosh. One thing that I really loved though, being on teams, cause I had never played before high school. I was a triathlete in high school, it was just really like the team building and like the, just like the different personalities and like you learn so much from each other. I think it's really remarkable. So what were some of the best memories that you had, whether it be like when you were on the Olympics or in college of like your teammates and some of the most important things you learned through those journeys? I agree with you. I think teamwork is just so crucial, no matter what we're doing and kind of having just a team of people around us in general. But for my teams, one of the beautiful things was I loved how different we were physically. We all had different strengths, sizes. Like I love that about softball because seriously, like there is not a like specific softball player size or type. Like it is so random can be so different. And I love that because it's like, we all have different strengths and, you know, and so I, for me, it's funny when you say this, like we trained all the time on the field, going through a million drills and plays and practicing everything and individual teamwork, all that kind of stuff. But it's funny how, when you bring that up, I immediately go to some of the times where we would do team bonding and team building and doing some of these like silly little, like, you know, drills and things that we would do together, but, or even these little competitions at the end of a practice. And it's almost like, that's where this like extra fun, special sauce came in. Right. It was like, it wasn't just like in the moment in competition. It was the things behind the scenes, like the way you really did respect each other and loved each other and cared about each other on that Olympic team. I would say that continued for me. Like I just truly truly care about each of my teammates and had different relationships with all of them. But I can think, and, and one of the other things, I think a beautiful thing, and I think in today's day and age, we've kind of lost this, but we could have these full on, I don't know. I don't know if you want to say arguments, but discussions, you know, in two sides completely, there's a lot of things happening in the world. We're all, you know, in our twenties, we're older, we all have our views and they might be very different from each other. But one of the best things that I personally loved was everybody could say what they viewed, what they thought, what they believed. And then we loved each other. Like, it was like, we have each other's backs. I'm on your side. I'm for you. I don't care that I have maybe a different view on this political thing or this religious view or whatever it was. And so for me personally, like I so respected every one of my teammates for who they were and where they came from, regardless, like irregardless of what, what other things were our differences. So my point with that saying, when you talk about teamwork and the importance, I always go to what were those things that we are united on? That is what is going to get us stronger. That's what's going to help us all accomplish our goals individually and as a team. I love that. And I mean, I'm sure there's just been so many experiences throughout like the different teams that you were on, especially even the Olympic team as well. Did they have special like training programs to like blend everyone together? Because I feel like that's such a diverse group. What Did they have a structure for team building when it came to the Olympics? Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. We had sports psychologists wow. that worked with us um, at every level. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing you're like, okay, well, physically you guys are very good and we still need a little bit of coaching. And, and then, yeah, you're right. Like you have this, like you have the idea of how do we now 
um, get along. I, there was one situation that happened and I really think too, like when everybody and things are going well, a lot of people can get along. They can just, you know, kind of go through the motions, but when things get hard, that's when I think, you know, really you start to see like what comes out of people, right. And struggles and our 2000 Olympic team, we, um, lost three games in three days. We, we had a kind of a round Robin, you play seven games and the top four teams advanced to compete for a medal. But we, we went in with a hundred and get 10 game win streak. We won the first two games and then we lost three in a row, which has never happened. And the first couple of days kind of people kind of stepped back. People got quiet. People started pointing fingers. And then the third day we all got together as a team. And this kind of was, you know, driven by some sports psychologists back at home in the States while we're over in, in you know, Sydney, Australia, and was like, you got to get the team together. You guys got to talk this out. And so a couple of things, everybody talked about what they brought to the table. So there's the accountability piece. And then everybody went around and they talked about what they knew about their teammates and what they, you know, and, and one player was like a pitcher. And she said, you know, I just know that if that ball gets thrown, I was an outfielder at the time. She said, it is not going to drop outfield. You will do anything to get that ball and keep it from dropping. I remember just being like infused with this, like energy of like, let's go. Like, we are going to do this. We have this. We went on to win the gold medal. We came back and, and won each game after that. But I will never forget thinking, you know, I've played with my teammates for a long time. And I think sometimes we take for granted. We think these good things about each other, but we don't always say them. We were very diverse. We were very diverse. But the second you start saying words of encouragement and affirmation, oh my goodness, I think like it really can just take people to another level. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And I always wondered because I'm like, they have all these teams and it's like rock stars. And how do you blend all the personalities together and like all the things and the different backgrounds? Like, how do you unify? That's amazing, Leah. That's amazing. And was there a major underdog moment that you experienced throughout your career? Well, I think in general, I was kind of an underdog anyways, because I played with these women who were just so much stronger and faster than I was. I was literally, when we did grip strength, <laughs> I was the weakest one out of everybody, <laughs> but I'm like, but we're not, we're not competing in grip strength. <laughs> we're competing on who can come up in big moments and get a big hit, you know? And so for me, like in general, just like, I feel like my story, like to be in three Olympics and be one of four women who have three gold medals. I just was not your typical, again, I was talented, but I was not somebody who had all these really like I played with these athletes who threw faster than anybody else could throw, who ran faster than people could, who hit the ball farther than, than most people could. I didn't do any of those things. So that in general, and then also that moment that I talked about, I'm um, getting that hit my freshman year. I was a freshman. We were playing a superstar senior. I went on to win three gold medals with that pitcher who pitched for UCLA and we were the underdogs. Our team was the underdog, but not just our team. I was the underdog. I was this little freshman with no name. I really, nobody was going to fear me. We had a couple hitters behind me that it was like, Ooh, they are like, they're the ones you got to be afraid of, you know? And so just coming up, it almost is better. Like being that person in that situation to be the underdog because you surprise people. And then it's like, Oh, wait a second. Okay. It's not all about what we think on paper in sports. Right? right. And so having that moment, that underdog moment for me was literally what infused me with belief and hope and new goals. And that's really, I believe was a truly transforming part of my story that helped me to believe I could be an Olympian and make that Olympic team. That's so amazing, Leah. That's so amazing. I just, oh, your energy is so beautiful. I'm like, I could listen to Leah all day. <laughs> 
So say there's somebody listening, or maybe it's an athlete or an entrepreneur or anybody like that. What would be some of your biggest lessons that you've learned through being a three-time Olympic gold medalist? Like whether it be in life, personal, business, sports, like what were some of the biggest lessons that, that you learned? Well, I think, you know, a couple of things. One thing is that you have to have belief. Like you have to have belief that starts within you. Now, what's great is when others believe in you and you kind of get that team and you get on that same journey and you have people that are going to help you go towards those goals. Like it's awesome, but it has to start with you because, you know, again, you could have all the ability in the world. There's plenty of people who with tons of ability who never go on and, and reach their potential, but you could have somebody with less ability with a lot of belief. (laughs) They're going to surpass people. So belief is crucial knowing, knowing where you want to be and where you want to end up. I think that's so important. Like for me, like it was each step that college scholarship, you know, going and and getting on that Olympic team, winning the gold medal, you know, and different, different things as I've continued in my career as a speaker, you know, I kind of got this desire to go and share and speak. And so it was like, okay, you know, how am I going to do that? And knowing where you want to end up, I think is important because then you can start that journey on how to get there. I told you like school Mm. was not easy for me, but I knew I had these tests and I knew at the end of the year, there was a grade. And so then for me, it was like, all right, here we go. Let's put the work in because I want to get the best grade at the end of the year, you know? And so, um, I think that's important team. We all need it. Not only in athletics, we need a support system. I saw that I could be a mom on the Olympic team because I had a support system behind me. And no matter what we're doing and no matter what area of life we're in, what career field we're in, we all need that because life is all about relationships. At the end of the day, you can make all the money in the world and you're going to be unhappy if you have nobody to live life with. And it's really about people. So treating people the right way. I cannot stress that enough because I've seen being at a high level, even some of the most elite athletes, maybe in other sports as well, when they treat people horribly just and think, well, it doesn't matter because I'm successful. What I do, you just, you see the damage that's done around them. And so, but when you see people who are not only successful, but they invite people in and build people up around them. Oh my goodness. Like, I just feel like it's just this blessing upon blessing. So get that team around you, make sure you just believe and, and kind of just know your own strengths. I think that's part of that belief is stick to what makes you good because I learned on my Olympic journey that when I tried to be like some of my teammates, I started to fail. But when I stuck with what made me good and I really stayed in my lane and was like, Leah, focus on what makes you and didn't try to be like the others. That's when I saw success. And I think too many times we see other people go out and have success and we think, okay, I got to do it their way. We can learn from others who have gone before us, but we have to make it our own because that's where again, you start to reach what you're capable of in your own special way. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And question for you, this is one of my faves. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Oh, I've been asked this question quite a bit. And I tell myself, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> These things that seem so massive and so big. Like, I mean, I think I'm pretty mentally strong. And so I've been able to use adversity in my favor and like find ways to overcome things. And it makes you stronger. But I would just say some of the stress that I would carry, which I think is common, but I don't like to be stressed. <laughs> I like to go out and have fun and work hard and, you know, have intense moments. That's normal. Right. But I think there have been times and you don't have to have it all figured out. That is something that I learned over time of like, a lot of times it's going to look different than you thought it was going to look, but just keep going in the direction you're going. 
So that's what I would say is stay on the paths, just commit to that journey, like keep going. I love that, Leah. Oh my goodness. I just love your journey. And, and now the things that you're up to, I know what you're up to in the next six to 12 months, because I think it's absolutely fascinating. But what's going on in, in Leo's world in the next six to 12 months? What's coming up? What's launching? What's going on? Give us the lowdown. Yes. I'm so excited. I, I love that we got to do some masterminding together, Pam, because you know, we got to talk about some of these fun things. So I have just continued, I've uh, been building my brand, the gold standard. My website is leahamico.com, L-E-A-H-A-M-I-C-O.com. So I have speaking engagements that are coming up. I'm writing a book. I am in the process of, of writing a book about the gold standard and the principles. So gold is an acronym. G stands for goal setting, O overcoming obstacles, L the leader piece and D is dedication and drive. So kind of those action points. Um, so I'm, I'm writing my book on that. I am launching a podcast called the gold standard, and it is going to feature, it's going to start out featuring pro athletes, Olympic athletes. We're going to start a little bit in the softball world first and foremost with some of my Olympic teammates, but ultimately what our goal is, is over time to um, bring in people in all different career fields who have gone on to be successful. Even the athletes that I'm interviewing, interviewing. I love bringing in the process of like, okay, you were successful on the field, but how did that translate after the field, you know, and these, these principles that you and I are even talking about. So podcast is coming out soon. And then, yeah, I'm just continuing to book up for the fall, different speaking engagements. I do have commentate at the women's college world series with Westwood one radio for national radio that is in June. So a lot of fun things, a lot of travel actually also coach the under 22 team Israel for softball. So I'll be going to the Czech Republic in the end of June to coach them in the European championships. So a lot of fun stuff coming up all different directions. I, I laugh because as an Olympic softball player, I played right field and I played first base and I moved around and I laugh at, you know, my career field. It's like kind of all over the place as well, but a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Leah. And I mean, I, I just love that now you're more in like the coaches space right? Where you're helping other people get there, whether it be like a company or a person or athletes, you know, it's like you, like you said, it's kind of all over the place. And it's so interesting to see how what you've learned on the field really correlates into this life. And I just find it so fascinating. Like what would be, because I was wondering this when you were saying like, what would be one of the most important things that a coach would need to hear right now, whether it's a coach, a business leader or anything, when it comes to helping build a team up. When I think of that, you're right. Cause I do talk to companies and, you know, the keys of teamwork and leadership and, you know, vision and, and kind of setting that clear path. But to me, I would say that one of the most important things is how you lead others is more important than what you are asking of them. I'm going to tell you right now, if we lead with love and with letting people know that we care about them everything you do and say after that, you are going to be able to get the most out of them because people are going to want to work for you. People are going to want to be their best. I think of as an Olympic athlete, that was one of the things my coach that coached me in college and coached me in my last Olympics. He literally took us to, after us losing three games in the prior Olympics with our other coach, he came onto the scene. We crushed it. We went nine and oh, we scored 51 runs. We only gave up one run. He took us to another level and it was not just physically what he taught us. We knew how to play the game physically. It was this teamwork and this loving environment and this caring. And through that, when the demand was high and the excellence, you know, was, there was an expectation of excellence at all times. We all wanted to be a better version of ourselves. 
So how you lead others can determine how high those around you are going to be able to go. I love that, Leah. Thank you so much for that. Cause that can be applicable in so many different realms, like businesses, corporations, entrepreneurs, like all of these things lead with love. Oh man, you're amazing, Leah. You're amazing. Now, where can everybody find you and your awesomeness so that they can connect with you? Yes. So my website is leahamico.com, like I said, and they can go there and they can um, sign up to get my monthly newsletter. I kind of share tips and Olympic stories and, you know, just some fun things that again, can translate into every aspect of life. Also on um, Twitter and on Instagram, I am at Leah 20 USA. So L E A H two zero USA. And, you know, I'll kind of post some different things where, you know, I'm speaking and where I'm going to be. And, you know, I'll share kind of those, those different tips as well on some of my social media posts. So that is where people can find me. You are amazing, Leah. Thank you so much for your story, for just being so amazing and being such a light to this world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate, or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.